0: Before we start the show this week, I want to thank our sponsors at SeatGeek. Anthony and I love this app. Behind MLB at Bat, it's probably the most used app on my phone. I, I go to 50-plus games every summer, and almost every ticket I buy is through the SeatGeek app. I've been using it long before they started sponsoring us. Uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's basically a ticket aggregator for the secondary market. It ranks via a color-coded system which seats have the best value across multiple ticket brokers. You can get views from the seats and you can compare prices. So like if someone is selling their ticket for hundred bucks in row five, you can see if someone from a different site is selling their seat for I don't know 90 bucks in row four. Even if I'm not going to a game, honestly, I'll sometimes just pop open the app and check it out just so I can see what ticket prices are going for across the country. Just trust me on this one. Download the app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Use the code clubhouse and receive a $20 rebate on your first ticket purchase. Our show is always going to be free for you guys. We really would just appreciate it if you could support our sponsors a little bit. And it's just going to make your lives easier. On to the show. This week on The Clubhouse, our stadium series continues as we skip over to the south side of Chicago to break down U.S. Cellular Field, home of the Chicago White Sox. Anthony is currently touring the country with his hit Broadway musical, If Then. Go to ifthenthemusical.com slash tour to find out when he is coming to your town. Over the next several months, Anthony and I will be dedicating one episode to every team, and we'll be discussing why we think you should visit each and every one of their home ballparks. We are also including episodes from my Rounding Third podcast, which features interviews with fans I met as I made my 17,000-mile drive across the country to attend a ball game at all 30 stadiums. There are also some truly amazing guests that we have lined up for our more regular episodes that we'll be dropping every couple of weeks or so. So please make sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes for free so that you never miss out on one of our wonderful guests. This episode was recorded in the Oakwood Apartments in Los Angeles, California. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. My name is Manish Jain, and sitting next to me, as always, in his Chicago Cubs regalia, is Mr. Anthony Rapp.
1: Would you rather I didn't wear Chicago Cubs regalia? No,
0: I just, I just, I just, I caught it out of the corner of my eye. I wasn't really. We've been talking for a bit here, but I wasn't really paying attention to what you were wearing, so I looked down and I saw Chicago, and I got distracted. <laughs> it's early, all right. It's, it's, uh, yeah.
1: No, it's good though. I'm very proud of my Cubs regalia.
0: Yeah, well, but this episode, you do have the city name on I your do. sweatshirt, but uh-huh. it's the wrong logo on the armband. We are going to be discussing the home. Of the Chicago White Sox, the yes. pale hose, as it were, and US Cellular Field. Yes. This was your first visit to US Cellular Field in 2015, am I correct? Yeah, I had been to Comiskey, old Comiskey, when
1: I was, <clears throat> I don't know, like 11 or somewhere in that area. And probably before then too. That's one of the times that I, I remember. I remember maybe maybe two visits. Okay. Because more, you know, when I was a kid, when I would go to Chicago games at all, it was to Wrigley with my dad mostly, because um, mm-hmm. he was the big Cubs fan that I, you know, of the family, because he grew up on the north side of Chicago. Um, yeah, I think that the cell is uh, hmm. kind of mediocre. Really? Yeah, it's okay. Um, the the old scoreboard is so strange it's like not really quite retro and it's not really because it's i think of the retro
0: scoreboards as like fenway and right sure it's, it's like, 70s retro yeah,
1: it's 70s retro and i think that there's i don't know why they're hanging on to it
0: i'll it's, tell you this i like cheap. the positioning of the scoreboard i know it's a weird thing to say but uh when you're walking along the concourse and you are in the center field area you look up and the scoreboard is pretty much right on top of you and it feels like you can just reach up and touch it you can't it's still a little bit too far but it feels very imposing you know the rest of them are all very very high in the air and very very far or just massive and this one just feels very very close to the action um but uh, i don't know it's it's a weird of all when the first thing i think that's the first thing that i think about when i think of us Elliot field is the positioning of that scoreboard i don't know why um but you like the statues there
1: yeah, the statues were very good.
0: Yeah, the Frank Thomas one yeah. is intimidating.
1: Yeah. No, I mean they actually yeah, they feel like the people. Carlton Fisk's forms, Oh, Fisk is great. The yes, like he's got the, the size of Mount well, Rushmore. I don't know.
0: He's got the veins popping. It's yeah. fantastic.
1: Um but you know, just as a as a pure sort of stadium, it's just sort of, you know, it's not really ugly, it's not really pretty. It's
0: sort of there. And my Sure. Well, I mean, and I I discussed this in my rounding third uh, stuff, but I think that the big knock on US Cellular, and let me, I would, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, is that it's built the wrong way. It's built in the wrong direction, uh, meaning that when you are sitting in the stadium and you look in front of you, there is nothing. It is just nothing but endless sky in front of you. But if you walk around the back and you walk up the stairs, that is where you see... The city, the skyline, because it's behind us. It's it's basically behind home plate. So, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think
1: it's always nice, as we've talked about with some of our other favorite places, that when you have a view, when you're sitting in the stands and you're seeing the ballpark, but you're also seeing a view of the of the city or something, you know, the the, uh, of the sea or of a bridge or you know, yeah, it's nice when there's other stuff in the eye. Um, It's the same thing. It's a problem I have with Philly um with citizens bank park because there's you're, you're sure. in, a, in a parking lot and you're sort of way situated <laughs> at least it's been a while since i've been there but my memory is did we do philly this year we didn't no i've been there several times before. oh
0: yeah we didn't do philly okay
1: um that was I actually my, my only yeah. my one or only world series game was it oh eight in eight was in philadelphia um a friend of mine got me a birthday gift uh, World series game um but yeah that there's no sense of the a place beyond the ballpark and it's sure. nice I, I love when the when the, you get both you
0: know Sure I think you know what I kind of came up with when I was on my tour was that um and I don't and I promise you this is not a knock on on your beloved Cubs but it was a so as we discussed in our Wrigley Field episode uh, which you all listened to last week uh, hopefully uh if not go back that's a beauty of podcast you can listen to us whenever but uh what I liked about U.S. Cellular and why I was okay with it, kind of facing the wrong direction, is every time I've been to the to U.S. Cellular, obviously there are less people there than there are Wrigley. Uh, Wrigley sells it's out fewer, fewer people. What I say? Less. I just woke up. Yeah, My brain right. is not operating at peak capacity. But thank you so much for for uh... English language. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but so yeah, I, I think that uh, Wrigley is almost always if not sold out, pretty close to sold out. And there's there's a great energy at Wrigley all the time of, of excitement, although some of that excitement is also social, as we discussed, and, and yeah. it's not necessarily purely about baseball. Yes. It's, it's a lot about Wrigley. Like Wrigley yeah. itself has become a- a it's destination of it. So yeah, there you like, go. With, yeah. At The Cell, if you buy a ticket to New Comiskey, is what I'm gonna call it, even though it's not called that, but if you buy a ticket to New Comiskey, you are a baseball fan. Yeah. you are going to watch baseball. And so while their voices may be, you know, fewer, they are mighty. And there is a lot of great pure baseball fans there. So when you're at Wrigley, you are surrounded by the city and you are in it and you feel Chicago. In the neighborhood. Yeah. And in the neighborhood, yeah. yes. You feel like you're in a community and it's great. So the view helps and the view enhances all that. But when you're in uh, at Comiskey, New Comiskey, It's just baseball. You don't need any of the distractions outside of the ballpark. You are focused on the action on the field. And it is a purely baseball experience. If you're there, you're there for baseball. Once again, I'm not saying one is better than the other. It's just a different, which is good, which if I lived in, um, I do live in a city with two teams with the Mets and and, uh, Yankees, but if I grew up, I should say in a city with two teams, I would want them to be as different as possible. I would want to be able to have two uniquely different experiences. And I think you can absolutely have that in sure. Chicago. Sure.
1: I also, for the record, I can't remember if this has ever come up before, um, but for the record, I am not the kind of yes. Cubs fan who's like anti-White Sox. No, no, no you've, you've
0: mentioned that several times,
1: you know. but you know, say it again. Explain your, your kind of... Well, yeah. Well, a, a I'm a fan of baseball in general. I was really happy for the White Sox when they won the World Series in 05. Uh, um, so yeah, I'm not one of those people who's like harbors some sort of like weird... Resentment or grudge or rivalry, you know. It just my heart lies with the Cubs, but you know, I'm I'm still happy for the White Sox when they do well. You know, I'm also just a National League guy, so right. You know, I you know for many reasons the American League, you know, I just it's not, I'm not as much of a fan <laughs> of it. Um. Uh. So yeah, it's this is nothing to do with that, right? And you know that thing that and the, uh, believe me, there are people who are like really much,
0: you know. Our president is (laughs) what I feel like our president is that because it is uh, convenient. I I feel like first of all, our president and I love our president and I believe that our president should be on this podcast because I know that he's a baseball fan. So I'm putting that out in the world. President Obama, we would love to have you. And the first thing I'm going to tell you, I'm going to I'm going to hold your feet to the fire, Mr. Obama, Mr. President Obama, because I will put all the money that I have on the fact that he ain't even a White Sox fan. That man grew up. A fan of the Oakland Athletics. He's from Hawaii. He's an A's fan. I would put. I would guarantee you that he's an A's fan. I. That is my first question to, to Mr. President Obama. Why? I know you. You know you. Were, you you were a senator from Chicago. Yeah, whoop de doo He's an A's fan. All right. Well. I I guarantee you he's an A's fan. He watched those old the Bash Brothers. He watched. He grew up. Okay. In A's country. All right. Um, but so yeah, no. I I feel like it's it's I, I've definitely met people obviously who are very much um, anti the other team but that happens in New York it happens in uh, uh, Oakland San Francisco Hope. and open any any place where there's two teams that are are you know sharing a same geographic region I feel like there's always going to be that manufactured outrage and that manufactured you know us versus them uh, rather than hey look it's all good for the city baby sure <laughs> if, if either team wins you know, we're all going to get money. It's it's not, not us, but you know what I'm saying? Our city is going to get money. And, and it was
1: crazy, too, with the Red Sox and the White Sox, that, you know, the liftings of the curses. And back-to-back back years. That, yeah, back-to-back back years. And then the fact that... You Could know, have happened
0: back-to-back-to-back. Back back.
1: Yeah, the Cubs were so close in 03. God, 03, like,
0: 04, 05 would have been... I mean, 04, 05 is already historically pretty significant. I mean, why do you think that is? Why do you think that everybody focused on the Cubs and the Red Sox? And, I mean, the White Sox, it was 1919? Like, 19... Uh, it
1: was 1919.
0: Yeah. You know? I mean, it's... it's Well, 1919 is the last time that they uh, were in were the, in the World sorry, Series. Yeah. Uh, did they? I think they won in 1918. No, that was the Red Sox. The Red Sox won in
1: 1918.
0: 1917 then? Oh my goodness, that's going to kill me. See? This is yeah. ridiculous. The fact that I know 1908 and know 1918 off the top of my head, but... Was it 1917? I think it was 1917 for for the White Sox. I'm gonna have to look that up and the and put it on clubhousepodcast.com. But regardless, they had long, long ass time. Equally, yeah. Yeah. a ridiculous. But I feel like uh, I don't even feel like it. Just wasn't there. Wasn't that rate crazy? You yeah, know,
1: but it's. I think part of it is that the White Sox have been always overshadowed by the Cubs. Um, in terms of fame, and the only, the only other thing they've been super famous for really was the Black Sox sa- scandal. And relative to the fame of the, sure. the White Sox, the fame, sure, of the, sure, Cubs, sure. the fame of the Yankees, you know, the sort of no, absolutely. The Cardinals. You know, the, the, the as, as old as the White Sox are in the history of baseball, I think that there's they're just sort of like a little bit more off in the corner like the Forgotten Cousins sometimes in terms of the the legacy conversations about the, the major teams of baseball, the Braves, you know, yeah, the, uh, I don't know. That's, that's part of it to me. Um, you know, and the Red Sox, the Red Sox and Cubs were always the ones that were talked about the most in terms of, the the drought the curse the,
0: yeah of course yeah. That, that's what I'm saying so,
1: yeah and so it's just that I think that the, it was the Black Sox scandal too that there was a, so there was yeah, like the darkness associated
0: sure sure so, so I mean you had the quote-unquote lovable losers moniker and that you know so there was kind of a there way to feel Mbito. yeah a, a quote-unquote bad for them because they were losing based on extraterrestrial you know uh, um supernatural I should say uh forces and so, yes, we can feel bad for them because it's happening to them. But with the White Sox, they did it to themselves. The baseball gods were mad at them for for yeah. uh, cheating. So, all right, I guess, or throwing the world series, I should say, cheating not cheating, reverse cheating. Um, yeah, well, this is still cheating. <laughs> I know. Uh, but so, okay, all right, that makes sense. Then that's still, man. Oh, three hundred oh, four hundred oh, five would have been amazing, though. Uh-huh. Historically, that would and have the gone fact down. That we've
1: talked about, I think we've talked about, before, the Cubs and Red Sox were both five, five outs away. Going
0: five outs away. I was working for ESPN at the time. i ESPN would have exploded. I, I know every single person that worked there wanted that to happen more than life itself. And yeah. <laughs> when neither of them made, the it. air went out of it's the, like the room. Like the Marlins, Equally, the, equal, the
1: Marlins. The equal, the equal, the equal removal <laughs> of air from rooms occurred across uh, this great
0: nation of ours uh, all right well uh that's gonna wrap it up for for uh us cellular. we didn't really talk too much about us cellular but it's, it's because it's pretty nondescript but right. we also we did an episode for it. go back and listen we did you know anthony and i uh, uh went to us sell you lower field earlier this year and so you can uh listen to that episode of the podcast to hear more of our detailed thoughts on what we thought of that um I think you put it in the middle, that you middle tier.
1: Middle, yeah, very mediocre. But not, you know, nothing offensive. great hot dogs there. The Kamiski dog is I great. Eat, I don't eat the hot dog. You don't
0: eat, but the Kamiski dog is great, no ketchup. Um you've got the um the shower there that, that made it from old Kamiski. <laughs> it's okay. Um see so you it's it's no gimmick. It's no Bill Vec gimmick, you know. Yes. We 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 talked about it on the Jimmy Pardo uh, uh, on the second Jimmy Pardo episode. So go back and listen to that if you haven't. But um, yeah, you know this. Uh, when we went there, you know what I mean. It's it's in the episode, but we'll say it again. Thank you so much to Martha Joe Black. Yeah, you know Martha Joe, uh, who please go listen to her episode uh, of the podcast. cause She was fantastic. But Martha Joe treated us like kings. She really took care of us. And you know what? And and you saw uh, the coolest thing you've ever seen in a baseball game, according to you, or one of the coolest things you've yeah, ever one seen in a the baseball coolest things game
1: was the the robbing of the home run of Garcia. It was to because we were we were sitting on the along the first base line, and he was in right field. And that's where he yeah you know robbed the i mean it was a real rob he jumped as high as he could jump i'll and put his, the clip on Podcast.com. his, his, his can glove see it. went well over the wall and he got that ball and it would have been a game tying home run in yeah. the ninth inning
0: and it, it was incredible it was incredible to see that you freaked out it <laughs> was really fun to watch you freak out
1: <laughs> so that was awesome all
0: right so um with that we're gonna uh leave you with the rounding third episode of of uh this podcast uh, this one actually is going to be I interview, uh, my my uh, brother-in-law Shakti, who you've met. I've met him. We saw uh, a ball game together. Now that he cooked you a wonderful, uh, July Fourth meal. Yes. Uh, but uh, Shakti, believe it or not, at he must have been thirty at this point. I'm not sure exactly how old he was, but way too old for this to have been the case. It was his first ever baseball game that I took him to.
1: That's whenever it, whenever it happens. it's necessary. I agree,
0: but as far as marrying into my family, I was a bit upset with my sister, just a little bit. How would you find this guy? Yeah, but it's all right. He's a wonderful, wonderful person. It's true. Ta- took him to his first baseball game at U.S. Cellular Field, and I interviewed him afterwards. I kind of I, I surprised him. He he was not prepared for this. I kind of shoved the mic in his face on the drive home, and uh, he uh, gave his his. Uh, unprocessed thoughts just as off the top of his thoughts of what what his first baseball game experience was like so i think you guys will really like that um and also i think my first game not my first game but my game at us cellular on my running Through podcast coincided with um a-rod coming back from his uh injury while he was appealing his suspension his year-long suspension and that place was sold out for this game and like Darth Vader, if his toe would hit the grass, the entire place rained down booze on him. It was such a unique and cool and awesome experience to see 40,000 plus people just all have their singularly focused hatred at one human being. <laughs> That's fantastic. It was a really cool, uh, uh, fun experience. Uh, So, yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, that'll wrap it up for uh, this episode of the Clubhouse Podcast. I hope you enjoy the rounding third segment, and uh, we will see you next time here in the Clubhouse. We're just going to take a brief break so that I can tell you how to get in touch with Anthony or me. You can follow us on Twitter at ClubhousePod. Visit our website, ClubhousePodcast.com, for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discussed on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion. So please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special. Or honestly, just if you want to say hello. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse Podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, take a look at our archives, like our chat with Emmy Award winning actor John Hamm. In this clip, John explains how much of a baseball nerd he is by recounting a day where he listened to the radio broadcast of a 30-year-old ball game. I listened to almost the whole game. Like, I started listening
1: to it, and I was like, I kind of got into it, and I was like, oh my god, like, this is crazy. But you listen to it, and there is, it's such a different rhythm. Like, it is so much less wall-to-wall sound. Yeah. Other than the sound of the game. You know the crowd and of the things like that's kind of ambient. It's not foxed out. It's just very, it's very pleasant, and you could understand why like that was a lovely thing to do. Like it's relaxing, it's fun, and this is a very exciting game. And it, by the end of it, it, it ramps up, but it has it's this, this really cool. It's it's an interesting thing to do. I think if you if you've got to spare three hours
0: and you want to <laughs> listen to some old baseball. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Rounding Third with Manish Jane. Today's episode the Chicago White Sox and U.S. Cellular Field. Before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and apologize up front just in case I accidentally refer to this park as Comiskey or New Comiskey or anything like that during the duration of this podcast. As I grew up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which is, for those of you who don't know, exactly two hours between Chicago and Detroit. I spent most of my weekends um, going to Tigers games, but anytime we'd visit Chicago, I would catch a game at Old Comiskey, then New Comiskey, or Wrigley Field. So in my heart, no matter what, for the rest of the time, any stadium that the Chicago White Sox play in will forever be known as some variation of Comiskey Park. So now that that's out of the way, I cannot tell you how excited I am to share this with you because this was a stadium, this was a city, that I was looking forward to more than any of the other cities when I was planning this tour. Now I'm sure you must be thinking to yourself, that makes zero sense. You just said you grew up going to this park and coming to the city quite often. Why on earth would you be excited to go to a city that you've clearly been to several times? It's a very, very, very good question, nameless listener. It is because my sister lives in Chicago and more importantly, eh, not more importantly. You know, I should go back and edit that because I'm pretty sure my sisters are going to get mad at me for saying more importantly, but I'm going to leave that in. Yes, more importantly, my brother-in-law lives in Chicago. And my brother-in-law, whom I love dearly, had never been to a Major League Baseball game in his life. I'll give you a moment to collect yourself have you finished gasping? Are you still clutching at your pearls? Can you please pick up your monocle that has fallen off your face and dropped on the floor? Or into your wine glass? I'm not really sure where monocles fall these days. But yes, you heard me correctly. This lovely gentleman that my sister found to marry had never been to a ball game before. Now, to be fair, he's not really a baseball fan. In fact, I'm pretty sure he's never actually seen a full game on television, let alone at the ballpark. And I want to make something perfectly clear. The fact that he, like millions of others, and if I'm being completely honest, the majority of my friends, you don't have to like baseball. It's actually quite amazing how few of my friends actively follow the sport or care about it at all. But to be honest with you, that's, that's what I love about my friends. That's what I love about Shakti. If everybody out there was as big of a baseball nerd as I am, life would be pretty boring. We would all just sit around talking about the same three or four things over and over again, and nobody would learn anything new. Nobody would grow. I really like surrounding myself with people who share vastly different interests from me. You know, with Shakti, he's a doctor. That's a world that that although I did kind of grow up tangentially connected to it, my father's a doctor, my sister's a doctor, and now he's a doctor. I know nothing. About that world, really, you know it's it's a scary and intimidating place for me. but when I get to hear him talk passionately about things he does, I learn something new, and I get to live vicariously through him. One of the things that he is passionate about is food, and uh, that is something that I know nothing about. I am a takeout every night type of guy, but as I've been living in New York for the last six years every time he comes to visit me, we end up going to some great fine dining restaurant and he treats me to a, a meal that I would have never even known to go and and look for. You know, He introduces me to chefs and to ingredients and to recipes and to all sorts of things that I didn't even know existed. So the way that I love sports, he loves food and the food industry. And that is something that We can teach each other. And so now finally, after years of him teaching me a little bit about food, I can finally teach him a little bit about the thing that I love. And I can bring him to his first baseball game, which is exactly what I did. And after that game, I ambushed him by sticking a recorder in his uh, face. And I asked him a couple of questions because I wanted to capture his raw, unfiltered emotions and have him be able to explain his experiences to me. But I'll play that for you in a little bit. Before we get to Shakti, I want to talk a little bit about the two games that I went to at the cell. For game one, my parents ended up driving down from Kalamazoo, which was a lot of fun. I had actually just seen my mother. For those of you who listened to some of the previous podcasts, you know that my mom had very recently driven from Seattle to L.A. and then L.A. to Minnesota with me. So I just spent about 50 hours in the car with my mom, but I hadn't seen my dad in several months. So this was really kind of fun to be able to take my parents uh, to a game. My mom, by the way, at this time was an old pro. She knew exactly what the routine was. She knew when to get to the ballpark. She knew who I needed to talk to and all the different angles of the stadium that I wanted to go take pictures of. It was pretty cute to see her kind of telling my dad to, uh, to back off a little bit and then let me do my work. <laughs> um, but it was really a lot of fun. It was really cool. And what really actually ended up being serendipitous about the whole thing was that here I was, I had planned this tour months in advance, I happened to be in Chicago on this date, and I happened to be at the stadium for the 2013 season debut of one Alex, I don't know his middle name, Rodriguez. From the moment we got to the stadium, all you could see were news vans lined up around the block, ABC, CBS, NBC, Nightly News, CNN, everybody. They were all there, and there were producers with their cameramen in tow (laughs) running around outside the stadium trying to find the saddest soundbite that they could put <laughs> on their broadcast. It was actually pretty fun to watch. Just kind of sit back and watch the chaos of all these different news productions trying to get something. I don't know. I I mean, look, I, I respect them all. They're 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 doing a job. They it's a news story, I guess. But this was just a meaningless Monday regular season game between one team and the Yankees who their playoff aspirations were quickly dwindling and one team in the White Sox who had no playoff aspirations to speak of during at least this 2013 season. I understand that A-Rod is this polarizing figure and, and this was his first game back. He had just been levied with his 211 game suspension and he was appealing it, but the chaos of we have to find the saddest person out there or the angriest person out there to say something was a fascinating look into how our wonderful news media works but this is not a critique on the media this is more so just it was fun it was just in in the middle of this kind of cool tour that i was doing you, you know you can never expect anything can happen any game you go to there's 81 of these a year in your hometown you go to all 81 chances are something special is going to happen for me at this one It was seeing Mr. Rodriguez and seeing how he can fire up a crowd because say what you will about him on the field, off the field, whatever extracurricular activities he may or may not have gotten into in his life to help his career, the moment, and I mean the millisecond that his toe hit the top of the stairs to step out onto U.S. Cellular Field the 20 plus thousand people in attendance who I guarantee you at least 10,000 of them would not have been there had it not been for A-Rod rained down booze. It sounded like there was 100,000 people in that stadium. It was hysterical to see how viciously these people booed this man. There was an energy inside of that stadium that I honestly don't know if I could describe. It was nearly 30,000 people Focusing all of their collective rage onto one human being every time he stepped foot on that field. I don't care if someone was in the middle of a conversation, they would stop mid-sentence to just <laughs> to just boo him mercilessly. And you know, normally you'll get you know, 60-40 split, 70-30 split, you know, you'll get a good chunk of the crowd that will go against the popular opinion. But on this day, in this moment. For this man, he had no supporters. Now, I'm sure that's going to change. And I'm sure his saga is nowhere near complete yet. And we're going to see what's going to happen to him. But for that one night in Comiskey Park, excuse me, US Selling the Field, there was only one villain on this planet. And his name was Alex. Still don't know his middle name, Rodriguez. But that's enough about A-Rod. I want to give you Southsiders some credit. I understand that Wrigleyville and the Cubs and Wrigley Field has its own aura and has its own legend and is a tourist destination all unto itself. So that area has been built up with bars and restaurants and kind of a cool, fun scene. When you make your way down to the South Side, don't expect to see the same frivolity and excitement and whimsical nature that you're used to up there on the north side. The cell is in the middle of nowhere and when you get down there, there's not a lot of fun, cool places to hang out and pre-game at. If you're going to US Cellular Field, you're going to see baseball. You're not gonna find a lot of Australian tourists that have made the flight all the way over here just to catch a game on the south side. What you are gonna find, however, are some really fun baseball fans. You know, it always fascinated me that before 2005, the Cubs and the Red Sox always got the national press. You know, the Cubs with the, you know, the lovable losers, the Red Sox with the curse. The White Sox hadn't won a World Series since 1917. You know, 2005, they won, and so they, they, I guess, broke their, in my opinion, curse of the Black Sox, and maybe that is the reason. Maybe they weren't able to build their legend, their lore, because the reason they didn't win was because the baseball gods were punishing them for throwing the World Series, but... The fact that that city so wholeheartedly embraces the Cubs and so amazingly disregards the White Sox and just, it's, it's crazy. Chicagoans, in the last century, you have exactly two World Series rings. Both of them are via your Chicago White Sox. Explain to me why so many of you go out to Wrigley Field and none of you seem to care about your Southside brethren. Now, look, I'm a Tigers fan. I'm coming from the AL Central, so I got no problem with the White Sox being at the bottom of the division. Sorry, White Sox fans. I got to be honest. But as a baseball fan, I don't get it. The fans that I met in Chicago, let me rephrase. The fans that I met on the south side of Chicago were unbelievable. They were knowledgeable. They were excitable. They were passionate. They were a little bit frustrated. It's a bit of a down year but they were paying attention to the game on the field. For those of you who listened to my Wrigley episode, you heard me go off a little bit on the fact that a large portion of the fan base in Chicago uh, on the North side watched the game with their back towards the field. And that I'm pretty sure a good percentage of them didn't even know there was a baseball game going on. They went to a social club and a baseball game broke out behind them. I want to give, the White Sox fans that show up year after year, a tremendous amount of credit. That is a stadium. I loved old Comiskey. And to be honest, I want to love this new ballpark. One of the big problems is you guys built it the wrong way. For those of you who have not been to U.S. Cellular Field, when you're walking up the ramps to get to the upper decks, you get a spectacular, amazing view of downtown Chicago. But when you're actually sitting in the stadium, that's all behind you. And so in front of you, you see nothing but open sky. And I think if you would have just turned that stadium, if home plate is where center field actually is, and just rotated that stadium 180 degrees, it would be really quite something spectacular. I don't know. That's kind of a weird sentence. It'd be lovely. It'd be nice. In this new park, they've got one of the old showers that they used to have at Old Comiskey. You can check out pictures of that at roundingthird.net. They got a lot of really cool stuff. I don't know. I guess this, this charm that, that the White Sox, uh, I'm sorry, rather the, the Cubs have on, on the nation, maybe it has to do with WGN. You know, Maybe that was the big problem right there, that one of them had a national contract and one of them didn't. So you got a lot of people across the country that grew up watching Cubs games and not necessarily White Sox games. But Chicago. You, your city, I'll say it again, you got two rings in the last 100 years. They're both from the White Sox. They're both in the south side of Chicago. Why don't you go give them a little bit of your money for the time being? Not too much, though, because I kind of want my Tigers to win a World Series sometime soon. So you know what? Wait for my Tigers to win a World Series, then go ahead and funnel the money down to the south side. Because honestly, once you get inside the stadium, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, there's not a lot to do outside, but hey, why are you going to ball games to begin with? If you're going because you like the social atmosphere and you like the experience, then fine. Go up to Wrigley and and don't pay attention to the game. But if you guys are baseball fans out there, get down to the south side and enjoy yourself some White Sox baseball. And by the way, that does not mean that Cubs fans aren't baseball fans. I feel like I shouldn't have to explain myself here. If you're a Cubs fan, you should know what I'm talking about. But just I will clarify a bit. You know, no matter who you are, if you if your team has got a national identity, whether you're the Cubs or the Braves or the Yankees or the Red Wings or the Lakers or the Cowboys, just any team that is nationally known for something other than winning championships, I think that you tend to attract some some looky loos, some folks who may not necessarily be a fan of the sport, but for whatever reasons in their own brains. They feel like they need to fake it and they need to act like they're fans, and so they tend to be attracted to the teams like the Cubs, who they can learn a couple of catchphrases, they can learn about Harry Carey or goats or whatever, and that way they feel comfortable at a party. I suppose at the end of the day that it's just them trying to to fit in, and I guess that is an admirable aspiration, but... You don't really see a lot of that at the White Sox games. At the White Sox games, you got people who are showing up. They know exactly why they're there, and they do fit in. There's very little uh, insecurity about being a White Sox fan. They know exactly who they are, and I appreciated that about going to a game at U.S. Cellular Field. But that actually leads me perfectly into my interview with Shakti. Because as I mentioned earlier, Shakti is a guy that, you know, he made no— secreted by the fact that he just wasn't really a baseball fan growing up. And if you're not a baseball fan when you're a kid, it's kind of hard to come to it when you're an adult. It's one of those games that it looks a lot more daunting from the outside in. If you didn't grow up learning how to play the game and learning the idiosyncrasies of it and kind of the fun ritualistic aspects of it and just the the weirdness of it all, it can look pretty daunting as an adult. So this was a really fun experience for me, but I'm going to talk about that after you listen to Shakti's response to going to his first ever Major League Baseball game. So without any further ado, it's a quick one. It's only about five or six minutes, but here I was able to capture a grown man, his first experience laying his eyes on a Major League Baseball diamond. All right, so we are sitting now in uh, the car driving back from U.S. Cellular. The uh, White Sox won 3-2, and I have officially now taken my brother-in-law to his first ever Major League Baseball game. Now, for those of you who have been listening, you've heard me mention him one or two times, and so now we finally got to hear his experiences at U.S. Cellular. So, Shakti, what did you think of your first ever Major League Baseball game?
2: Well, the first thing is it was fantastic, and... I have to thank you for actually taking me to this game because I would have never gone myself. Um, but I think what struck me the most was how you know, you know, conversations just flowed. You know, people were just you know talking. Um, very social atmosphere, which you know I haven't seen in any, any other like sporting events. So no, I really enjoyed myself. It was really really great.
0: So now, and you may not know the answer to this question, and that's okay, but why do you think you really never went to a baseball game before this? Even when you were a kid, did it, just, did it never really appeal to you, or what was the reason?
2: No, you know, it's it's kind of weird because, like, um, I grew up, like, you know, having some baseball cards at home. My friends would talk about, like, baseball. But in general, it wasn't something that um, it was, you know, part of Indian culture. My, my parents never took me to a baseball game, and it was always something that I've wanted to do, but never could really, I felt like I could never really identify with it. Um, But I feel like as a child, if I grew up with it, like if, you know, people took me to the games or, you know, or even played in a little league, um, I would be, you know, you know, much more
0: kind of understanding of the game and, and really appreciate it. Okay. okay, that makes a lot of sense. Well, sadly, you were not able to catch all nine innings of the game because you were busy saving lives. Uh, Shakti is a doctor, for those of you who do not know, and he was caught up at the hospital. So he was not able to uh, see the first couple of innings. But after those first couple of innings, we saw a pretty good pitching matchup and kind of an exciting uh, ninth inning there. So what was, do you think, your favorite aspect of uh, your time at the game today?
2: I think what, what I doesn't come across um, on TV that, comes across um you know watching the game is just kind of the speed of the game uh i I mean seeing how fast um you know the pitcher like just throws that ball is crazy (laughs) it's crazy and it's you know and it, it just doesn't translate on tv i don't know for why it doesn't but i think that was the most impressive thing that i you know saw today um yeah, I think that that was probably the most you know
0: cool. Well, you know, you know that's one thing that, in addition to just the speed, it's um, how big the actual field is. Is something that people don't generally get a sense of on television, and even actually when you're sitting in the stadium, it's hard to see. I've been lucky enough to be uh, to stand on several fields, and uh, when you're standing in the outfield, you know, looking into home plate, it's it's longer than a football field. There, so when you see these guys in the outfield throwing the ball from you know, uh, left field or center field to home plate you really get a sense of how athletic these guys actually are. And so the old jokes about baseball players being out of shape or fat or whatnot kind of goes right out the window when you're watching them live. Yeah,
2: and I I think you're right. And the other thing is uh, you kind of, maybe because our seats were so great, I don't know, but you kind of feel almost closer to the game. You know, when you go to, like, a football game, it's just, like, so massive. The stadium is so massive, and, like, the field is just there, but you really – You know, you don't feel like um, you're kind of like watching it from afar or something. But here, it was just almost like immersive. It was kind of cool.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the beauties of the ballpark is that it is a much more intimate type of of experience. You're right. In in football, and it's not even just, you know, we did end up having some pretty decent seats. And as always, you can check them out at roundingthird.net. But um, in addition to that, even if you're sitting on the upper deck there, you do still feel like sometimes that you're right on top of the play. I mean, there is really, in most stadiums, not a bad seat in the house where in a lot of ba- uh, football or basketball or hockey arenas, if you're too high up, you may as well, you know, just carry a little pocket TV. You can't see what's going on. Um, so, all right. So now for all the interviews that I do, I always ask people, what is your earliest memory of going to a major league ballpark? So now you've actually got earliest memory of going to a major league ballpark albeit came a little bit late in life so in 30 years when someone else interviews you and says what was your earliest memory at a ballpark what do you think you're gonna really the overall experience what are you gonna take away from just the entire day today
2: Um, I think the biggest thing I'll take away is kind of the, the, the 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 overall atmosphere it was different than the basketball games I've attended, different than the football games I've attended. It's it's just much more friendly atmosphere, much more collegial, people are willing to chat. It was just a cool atmosphere. I think that's the number one thing I would take away.
0: All right, very well said. Well, thank you so much for joining me and I hope you had a good time.
2: Oh, I loved it, man, thank you.
0: And we're back. So, like I said earlier, I did kind of ambush him with that interview, so he wasn't fully prepared. But I really wanted to get his completely uncensored, unfiltered emotions as to his first ever ball game. And the one thing that was really fascinating to me was here's a guy that had never been to a ballpark before. And in his first game, he was able to capture the essence of the exact reason why I like to go to the ballpark, really, in just seven innings. Because, like we mentioned, he sadly showed up a couple innings late Uh, he got caught at the hospital so it it took him a while to get down to the ballpark but when he got there you know (laughs) my sister went to go get him Um, i had wanted to go get him but she decided to go to the gate and bring him to the seats and i saw him walk down the stairs and i looked up at him as he was walking down the stairs and the closer he got to the field his eyes just bugged out of his skull like it was it was really quite a, a beautiful little moment there for me because I could see the sense of wonder in his eyes that I, I guarantee you I had in my eyes the first time I saw a baseball field, but it was so long ago at this point that I don't fully remember that moment, but I got to see it right there in front of me. And I got to see just how the grandiosity of it all, I could see it wash over him, that this is something that when you see it in person, you really get a different sense for what a baseball diamond really is. I'm not lucky enough to have kids of my own quite yet, so maybe one day I'll be able to show my children their first ballpark, but for now, this is the closest I'm going to get. And being able to see the wonder in his eyes when he walked down those steps is something that I'm never going to forget. The other thing that he mentioned that he just hit right on the head, you know, hit the nail right on the head, was the conversational aspect of the game. You've heard me talk about this in this podcast several times before, but that honestly is why I love going to the ballpark more than anything. That is the community that we as baseball fans have together. Where when we come to the ballpark, yes, we're coming for the game. Yes, we're coming because we want to support our team. We want to support our players. We want to hopefully win a championship. But honestly, when you just come out to a game, you also just want to talk to your neighbor. You want to get to know the people sitting around you. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, but baseball is a game that was built for conversation. It was built for contemplation. You know, he called it collegial, which uh, I really liked. I'd never thought about it that way. I'd never put, put it in those terms. But, you know, that's what happens when you bring someone with fresh eyes, when you bring someone who doesn't have their preconceived notions of what they think a baseball game should be, and they just get to see it. And... That's one thing that I can't recommend enough. If you guys have friends of yours, family members of yours, if you know people who've never been to a ball game, bring them, take them, buy them a ticket to one game, bring them out. No pressure. Don't tell them you're going to make them into a baseball fan. Don't tell them that, you know, they need to do this and this is, they don't know what life is until they go to a ball game. No, just it's no pressure situation Just say, Hey, I got an extra ticket. Why don't you come hang out for a couple of hours and just see how it is. When I lived in D.C., I used to have season tickets to the Baltimore Orioles, and I bought two tickets, one for me and one for a stranger. And what I would do is I would bring people that had never been to a baseball game before, and I would bring them out to Camden Yards. I'm telling you, there was no better feeling in the world to me than when I saw a baseball game through fresh eyes, through someone who had no idea what to expect. And it's just fun. I have yet to bring someone to a baseball game and have them be bored. Or have them say this wasn't fun. Now, I'm not necessarily saying they all became baseball fans. They did not. A couple of them did. Most of them, you know, probably are never going to go to a baseball game again. But for those three hours, they had the absolute time of their life. After I turned off my recorder so that Shakti could concentrate on driving us home safely, I asked him if he would ever consider going to a ball game again. And before I could even get the question out, he told me unequivocally yes that he absolutely wants to come back, and he's going to bring my sister, and they're going to have a wonderful time. Speaking of my sister, I didn't really talk too much about her during this episode. Suffice to say, she is also not the world's biggest baseball fan, but as she is my sister, she has been dragged to countless sporting events over her life, and she's always had a pretty good time. Uh, sorry, Shika, I love you all of my heart, but the reason I didn't really talk too much about how much fun it was to go to a game with my sister in Chicago, this day was all about Shakti. This day was all about making sure that Shakti's first experience at a major league ballpark was a good one. And I'm pretty confident that I can say that I succeeded in my goal and that this entire tour will have been worth it because I finally got my brother-in-law to a baseball game. So with that, we're going to wrap up yet another episode of the podcast. I want to thank my mom and dad for making the trip down from Kalamazoo and catching a game with me. And I want to thank my sister and, of course, the guest of honor, Shakti, for also doing the same and working their their schedules around me so they could catch a game with me. And I want to thank all of you for listening. Head on over to roundingthird.net where you can see pictures and write-ups of all the stadiums I've been to so far. Follow me on Twitter at roundingthirdmj. As always, if you have any questions whatsoever or any feedback or anything you want to tell me, email me at roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com. That's roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com. And join me next time as I continue to round third, heading for home. The home base for the Clubhouse Podcast is the Brigino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at Rounding Third MJ for me and at Albino Kid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.